ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network, and I'm glad you've tuned in. My name is Ernest Wamboe, and today we're continuing our series of Thrive in Your Singlehood. Thrive in Your Singlehood. Uh, we did episode one last week, and we looked at three points concerning thriving in your singlehood. We ask that you ensure that Christ has preeminence in your heart as a single person. We say that you ensure that Christ is the one who defines your identity, that your identity is not defined by anything else but by Christ. We also say that we ought to pursue our purpose passionately, that we ought to think passionately concerning what God has placed in our hands. And we look at the life of Adam, these characteristics from the life of Adam, and we're going to look at them, we're going to just summarize, have a summation of them in a few. And then we said, live a life of accountability. Those are the three main points. Live a life of accountability. And we saw that Adam had this kind of life. Adam had God as preeminent in his life. Adam, unlike you and I, lived in a world without sin. And because he lived in a world without sin, Adam had Christ, and not for Christ really, but Christ had not yet arrived. He had not been uh, incarnated in, in, in his earthly form, but God was in relationship with Adam. God was in relationship with Adam, and we see Adam in relationship with God, and God is his everything before Eve comes into the picture. And we see that Adam has a has a horizontal has has a vertical relationship with God before he has a horizontal relationship with Eve. Um, we also see that Adam was pursuing purpose passionately. We also see that uh, when pursuing purpose, Adam was passionately uh, pursuing uh, that Adam was pursuing passion purpose passionately before Eve came to the picture, that Adam had work to do. If you walked up to Adam and asked him what he was up to, he would tell you, "Well, I've got some, I've got some, I've got some animals to name. I've got the garden to take care of." He knew exactly why God had placed him there. And then, thirdly, he lived a life of accountability. Adam lived a life of accountability. Adam was subject to the word of God. Adam was subjected to what God said in his word. God had said, you may eat of every tree in the Garden of Eden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you may not eat of it. Why? Because the day that you eat of it, you'll certainly die. So that was thriving in one singlehood. How else do we ensure that we prepare well for marriage? The next one is be the one before you look for the one. Be the one before you look for the one. And that's what we want to talk about today. Um, think about the things we talked about last week. And ask yourself, are you making yourself marriage material before you look for marriage material? The things that we mentioned last week, are you taking them seriously so that you can prepare yourself to be the best version of a husband, the best version of a wife? Are you doing that? So we want you to focus on being the one because our culture is filled with all sorts of pressure 
that tells us don't just uh, don't just think about marriage um find the right person find the right person make sure you yoke yourself with the right person don't just think about you know settling down and having these wonderful dreams make sure you are yoked to the right person and that's good advice but what our culture often doesn't tell us is that it's important to be the right person and there's a lot of emphasis on finding right people out there but very little emphasis on becoming the right kind of person and so you may find that perhaps you are devoted to marrying a certain kind of person if you are given a list and you are asked who would you like to marry maybe you do have a list maybe you said you know i want someone who's got uh this kind of financial status i want someone who's got this kind of faith they're a prayer warrior i want this person who's attractive in this way i want someone who's of this particular age i want someone who's really healthy i want someone who's got the right character i want someone with this kind of level of education i want someone with this awesome cultural background i want someone who is going to love me and you know give me affection i want someone who's this kind of deep intimate friend now all that is nice and i'm sure your list is good and healthy it helps you have good standards so that you don't have low standards in choosing men but the question is um are you those things are you those things are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for sounds like a mouthful right let me say that again are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for we believe it is important that you be the one before you find the one in our book basics we normally say run so fast towards god if anyone catches up introduce yourself so there's a pursuit towards god there's a person you're becoming that you go towards god and then you wait for someone to catch up and then you start a relationship so are you the one or are you obsessed with finding the one so um how do we become the one so this is how we become the one number one you need to investigate your personal baggage investigate your personal baggage as an individual if you come into marriage and you come with your baggage you will weaken that relationship i once had someone say that there are no marriage problems just single people with problems who show up in marriage so marriage was just chilling marriage had no problems marriage had no worry marriage 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 was okay but people came with problems into marriage and it's true that marriage does provide an avenue for some serious sanctification to take place however if you are think about it you realize that there's a great deal of problems in many people's marriages that stems from their singlehood they did not thrive in their singlehood they did not investigate their personal baggage what are you struggling with right now that you need to offload when i was single my struggle was with sexual sin i battled an addiction to pornography masturbation and 
it was the bane of my existence. I had this assumption that if I got married, then all my problems with pornography, masturbation would disappear and I'll be as free as a bird. I was wrong because as soon as I began to think like that, the problem wasn't. But I remember listening to someone who said, if marriage could cure lust, then there would be no people in marriage who are battling with sexual addictions. And yet, there are many people, dozens, who are married who battle with sexual addictions. And the truth, therefore, is that that you could be married and still have the baggage of sexual addictions. And so I thought, I don't think that's going to do me well. I don't think that's going to be great for my wife. And so the answer is to deal with it now. I had to confess my sin. I had to find a place to uh, confess, tell people that I'm really struggling. I had to say, you know what, guys? Um, I want to get married, but this thing is going to be horrible for me. And a team of men that I confessed to helped me. They were open with me. I was open with them. We kept each other accountable. And the Lord began to heal me of my baggage with pornography and masturbation. Friends, do you have a similar kind of story? Even if not similar, perhaps in form, not in substance. Do you have some sort of baggage as a single person? And have you processed it or have you left it unprocessed? You need to thrive in your singlehood by investigating your personal baggage. Perhaps your personal baggage is not to do with your sexuality. Maybe it has to do with your relationships. Maybe you're very bitter towards your dad. Maybe you're very bitter towards your mom. You guys have a stringent relationship. You've got wounds from your parents. And those wounds have scarred you. And you've got some childhood trauma. If you're not careful, you could bring that trauma into a marriage. And you could make your partner pay for something that they ought not to pay. Or rather, you would make them feel the pain for something they are not responsible for. You'll end up being cut where your parents are and bleed on your partner. Parents ought to help you have your top needs, or let's say your core needs, realized. Parents ought to help you give attention to your deepest needs, the need for acceptance, the need for affirmation, the need for appreciation. A parent ought to meet those core needs. When parents fail to meet those core needs, they can give a child baggage. And that child with that baggage could end up being a weak marriage partner or a marriage partner with with a degree of weakness, perhaps they're not even weak in entirely, in entirety, they, they could be strong, but they've got a crevice that is detrimental to the health of their future. What is your personal baggage? Perhaps your baggage has come from relationships with exes. Maybe there are people who you dated, people who you met, 
scared you or took you to levels that you never thought possible in the negative sense and they scarred you, they left you with pain and you've not yet healed from that. Perhaps it is relationships with colleagues, co-workers, friends, siblings. You must investigate your personal baggage and you must ask yourself, have I dealt with this? Part of thriving a single load is ensuring that you start healing in those areas of personal baggage. You must ask yourself, are there trends and behaviors you've carried from your family of origin? Perhaps your family behaves in a certain way that's not healthy and you realize that it's not good that my family carries this body. It's not good that we are quarrelsome. It's not good that we don't listen to one another. You perhaps have carried that baggage from your family members. Perhaps there is some baggage you're carrying in the name of guilt, shame, and regret from something you did. I know of a woman who was struggling because she had committed an abortion, and therefore the baggage was overwhelming her. And she, she, she could not imagine having children. She had to address that. Invest your personal baggage. Or perhaps your baggage comes from belief systems. Maybe your belief systems, um, you believe that perhaps God is unfair. You believe God is punishing you for something you did years ago. Or perhaps you believe that um, um, you've got certain inadequacies that are not really there. Maybe you believe you're worthless, you're good for nothing. These belief systems constitute of baggage. You must investigate your personal baggage. Friends, this is necessary before you get married. Because if you don't investigate your personal baggage, uh, marriage will force them out. And in a moment of inevitability, when you are least desirous to deal with this baggage, a situation with your spouse will force you to address them. So why not willingly address them right now? The other way to be the one is to enhance your personal development. Are you making yourself an attractive person? Are you improving yourself? Think of your life in totality. Think of yourself as a physical human being. Do you take care of your physical health? Do you gym? Do you work out? Do you take care of your physical body? Or do you perhaps just assume that this physical body, um, you know what? It's just going to naturally make it to the end. Are you a steward of your physical body? Do you work out? Do you take care of God's temple? Do you eat well? Do you consume good food? Do you always stuff yourself with junk food? Or do you ensure that your diet is good? You see, when you do that, you are preparing yourself to be a wonderful reward to your partner. Think of yourself. As a sexual being, are you living a sexually pure life? Are you ensuring that your body is kept in honor? Do you see yourself as a gift to your spouse? Think of yourself in your soul. Are you growing your mind? Are you reading books? Are you improving your knowledge? Are you making yourself someone who is attractive? Are you increasing your personal worth? Think of yourself emotionally. 
Are you growing in problem solving? Are you growing in making yourself an attractive person by being less emotional and more cooperative? Are your emotions under control? Are you training your emotions? Are you training yourself to listen to people before you speak first? Think of yourself as a human being with free will, a volitional human being. Are you strengthening yourself to say no to bad company? Yes to right company. No to mediocrity. Are you teaching yourself to draw boundaries? Or are you constantly lamenting over how weak you are and you cannot say no? And think of yourself as a spiritual human being. Are you growing closer to God? Are you growing in fellowship with other men and women? Can someone say that from January till now, there's a remarkable difference in the person that you are? Would you say that there's a remarkable difference in the person that you are? Do you have metrics and balances to check how you're doing and to improve yourself? Or do you go with the wind? If you were to compare yourself five years from five years ago and now, would you say there is a dramatic improvement? Would you say there is a change? Are you a better person? Even last year, would you say you are a better person? Are you enhancing your personal development? And thirdly, the final way to become the one is to learn from older men and women. When I was young, I didn't know this, and I wish I had done this when I was single, but I began to reach out to older men and women when I was approaching marriage. And I realized they knew so much. And I realized, my goodness, apart from the reading of books that is through personal de- to enhance my personal development, there, is, there are some wisdom tips. There are some wisdom tips that would not... There are some wisdom tips that cannot be merely found in books you really need to sit at the feet of people. And there are books that haven't been written. You need relationships with people. There's there's some life advice that you need from a human being, not just the pages of a book. And I found one of them to be information concerning marriage, concerning life, that when men and women share their lives, there's so much you can pick from and avoid foolish mistakes in the future. And I realized that I had wasted a lot of time not getting to understand and learn from other people who had gone ahead of me. Friends, be the one. Find older men. The Bible commands younger women to learn from older men, older women in the book of Titus. And it's axiomatic that that wisdom ought to apply for the men as well. Sit with older men and women who are married, who are godly, whose character is above reproach. Ask them questions. Seek their advice. See what they have to say. Ask them for their time. Pursue time with them. And make yourself the one. Don't just look for the one. And so if you're someone who says, I want to date and marry someone with financial integrity, guess what? When you do these things, you will not just look for someone's financial integrity, you will become someone of financial integrity.
You'll not just say you want a person of faith, you will become someone of faith. You'll not just want someone mature, you will become someone mature. You just don't want someone healthy, you will pursue a healthy life. You just don't want someone who is full of integrity, you yourself will pursue integrity. And friends, I'm saying this because it could be possible that you spend all your time looking for the one, and when you finally find them, perhaps they may say, oh yes, I am the one, but guess what? You are not the one for me. Are you the one that the one you're looking for is looking for? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network, and we'll continue the series next week. For this and more great podcasts that will build your faith, please go to www.edify.app, that is edifi.app, or you could search for the Edify app on the Google or the Apple Play Store. We'll see you next time. <music>